everybody doing? You guys good? Hey, thanks for thanks for hanging out. Hey, thanks for hanging around, right? Thanks for hanging out and hanging around. I know it would have been easy, tempting to head to a beach somewhere, but uh, this is going to be better than a beach. Than a beach, right? Yeah, it's yeah. going to be better. So we're thankful that you're here. Hey, do we just want to introduce ourselves first? So my name is Seth. This is my wife, Karis, and together we pastor City Hope Church in Centralia, Illinois. Anybody? Centralia? Anybody? Nobody? Okay. All right. Just making sure. I'm waiting one of these times. I'll be like Centralia. Like, yeah. Okay, so uh, we are in a, in a small city, what we call it, so 12,500 people. Um, so if you would like to plant a church in a small city someday, talk to us. We would love to talk to you. But uh, we, we love it. We, we moved back there six and a half years ago to plant our church through the ark, ark number uh, 248. And so a lot of churches have been planted since then. But um, we are honored to be part of ark. We love the ark. And uh, so we're just here today to open this up and... Um, we wanted to introduce some of our good friends, Joe and Lori Champion. And so uh, let me just say this. We, we absolutely love Joe and, and Lori. And so sometimes I, I know at these conferences and you're like, hey, are, you know, are they who they are behind the scenes and in places like when they're not up here? And the answer is yes. And so we actually love Joe and Lori and who they are and what they've meant to us. Yeah, yeah, probably about four, five, six years ago, we were sitting in these chairs and I remember thinking like, you're as a married couple, you try to find that, that dynamic. Like, you know what I'm talking about? Like, okay, she's like me and he's like him and they're still together and they haven't killed each other yet. So um, I remember sitting there, and uh, it kind of clicked one time when we when we were sitting under a too strong uh, campaign kind of thing, and just being two strong leaders in ministry together, and how that works. So it was a game changer for us, and it just gave us hope. And um, you know, anytime you can, you know, you could be at the beach, but anytime you can sit under this is just so yeah. much better. And your future self, and your future marriage, and your kids will thank you for, yeah. for yeah. it in the future. So yeah. And so because of art, we are honoring people. Would you stand your feet just for a moment? Would you put your hands together for Joe and Lord Champion? Well, thank you guys. I'd be at the beach. In fact, I'd be at Centralia. Even Centralia would be better than a three o'clock app session. But anyway, praise God. Whatever the Lord wants to do through us. Um, Thank you guys for being with us and uh, hanging out. And uh, this is kind of what we enjoy talking about is uh, how we do how we do life together, how we do ministry together without killing each other, um, and or without the staff knowing that you want to kill each other. Uh, maybe we'll tell you about how we do those secrets as well. Man, y'all just get along. Well, you just don't know what room we go to when y'all leave. And uh, so who does, I'm just curious before we get into this, who are co-laboring together? You're, you're pulling... The, the farm tool together. You're trying to build the church as a husband and wife. And uh, how many are, are uh, senior pastors? We're just curious about this. Okay. And then staff members, your, your full-time ministry. Uh, and then the rest of you are here for the student center activities that are happening at four o'clock. Anyway, um, Lord, we just thank you for just the, just the heart that you have to see not just uh, healthy marriages and healthy families and Ministry, families, and marriages, and children, but Lord, there's even a there's a biblical precedence that that there would be husbands and wives working together, and we just pray that even out of this session, that God, we'd walk away not just being uh, taught, or it's in fact it's not what is taught, it's what is caught, yeah. and and Lord, it is a dance. Marriage is a dance, 
Uh, and then to be married and to be in the ministry is more than a dance. It's, uh, it's something that requires the supernatural power of God. And we just ask you, Lord, to be with us. And thank you, God, that you are so faithful to meet every one of our needs. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. I, I'm working. I'm learning how to talk with these stupid Invisaligns. So if you know the Bible, when Moses said, I can't talk, I'm a stutterer. He was wearing the Hebrew word as Invisalign. So uh, if I spit up here on the front row, um, it's been seven years since my last detection. So it's all good. Um, yeah, we want to talk about how to do this thing called ministry together. And uh, there's some precedents even in the ark. Billy had a dream yeah. when it came to couples. Yeah, Billy um, Hornsby, who started ARC years ago, he was like, I want to find couples that have a dream. And um, so a lot of times it doesn't look like how we look in ministry. And we're actually, this is kind of like a, a generalized session where we're talking about um, how to thrive in your ministry, how to thrive in your marriage and your family while doing ministry together. And so we're going to talk about raising kids, and we're going to talk a little bit about marriage, and we're going to talk about um, doing ministry together. But Joe and I have been doing, we've been married for 28 years, and we've been doing ministry together for 27 years. Actually 28, but really the first year I was just winning the bread so he could basically volunteer in youth ministry. Who's doing that? Who, is anybody like that? When I was, I was making $300 a month if the love offering came through. Yeah. Lori was working yeah. uh, a real job and I was doing fake jobs, which is called ministry. <laughs> is there anybody in that context of, of life? Okay, got a few. Okay, yeah. so that can be interesting because yeah. there are some people who would say, well, that's out of order. She can't be the breadwinner. Uh, you're not going to be the man. And uh, so, you know, shut up, all those people. So, yeah. um, so 18 years ago, we started our church in Austin, Texas, Celebration Church. And um, it has been an all-in season for us. And so if you're a church planner or you want to be a church planner, I mean, don't think that you can go into this and not both of you be all in, even if your role is different. Even if your role is, you know, you work at a, a corporate job or you are a stay-at-home mom or whatever I'm talking about for the females. But um, it, it's an all-in thing. And so our kids were eight, four, and eight months old. And we just tackled this thing called church planting and it was really we'd worked together for like 10 years before that at other churches and he would do his thing and I would do my thing but working hand in hand um where our strengths really complement each other. And you'll find that a lot in, in couples, that a lot of times what he's great at, I'm not super great at, and what I'm great at, he's not great at. And so we've learned to um, love that. And um, it's not just a tension to be managed, but it, we've thrived in that. And so we're not going to go over all those details today because we have a very mixed audience in, in you know, who does that and who doesn't do that. But we do have, on the shamelessly pitch, um, we do have what we call too strong, and it's like a sort of like a round table that we do, and we have a few openings left for October 29th and 30th, and this is when Joe and I just get really up close and personal with, um, we'll do like 10 to 15 couples. And, um, and we talk about how we structure that together, how we structure that as a staff. And, and so it's a joy to everyone and not a frustration or, to everyone. Or it becomes competitive, yeah. which, uh, you know, what happens to a lot of couples in ministry. You've got 
uh, maybe you got a men's conference, you got a women's conference, and the lead pastor is leading the men's, and the women is being led by the women's pastor, and there can be, well, her conference is bigger than my conference, and this, and and then behind the scenes, you got a lot of drama going on, and and when it comes to ministry and working together, um, again, we want to kind of address that because it doesn't have to be that way. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be unhealthy. It doesn't have to be uh, icky. It doesn't have to be um, for the team. It doesn't have to be uncomfortable. And uh, so um, before we dive into it, as it relates to uh, how we had to make some changes from early on, my son, Mason, of course, as Lori said, we have our three boys and now a daughter-in-law married to our oldest son, Mason. And uh, they all love church. They are, uh, all two of them are in full-time ministry. Um, well, one is in full-time ministry. The baby is at Church of the Highlands. He thinks he's in ministry. Uh, he just has fun. And uh, basically, it's a two-year-long youth conference. That's what I call uh, Highlands. Anyway, um, and, uh, and our oldest son moved back to Austin to be in the church, but he's in uh, corporate real estate. But when Mason was about three, so he's 26 now, at three years of age, he said, uh, as I'm putting him in the bed, I said, what does dad do for a living? And, uh, you know, you're doing the little pre-bed uh, routine and just talking and giggling. And, and um, I said, what do, what do I do? What, do you, what does daddy do for a living? And Mason's very strong and very analytical and very opinionated. He said, uh, you scream at people. <laughs> I said, what? He goes, you scream at people. I said, is that preaching? He goes, yeah, but it's screaming. And I said, okay, what else do I do? He says, uh, you hurt people's feelings. <laughs> okay, what else do I do? He goes, you make them cry. <laughs> Literally, it's going just like this. You scream, you hurt people's feelings, you make them cry. And I said, what else do I do? He says, you pray for them and send them home. <laughs> and I went, that's church. <laughs> That's actually, actually that's a pretty good description of what we used to do before ARC. You scream at people, you hurt their feelings, you make them feel like crap, you pray for them, we'll say, we'll see you next week, guys, and maybe things will be different. And, um, you know, when it comes to ministry and family, I wasn't raised in a ministry home. My family was lost, and most of them still are. Lori is fifth generation uh, on both sides of her family in ministry, so... Uh, comes from a completely different context. She walked and grew up in a family who uh, didn't fight and literally were healthy in their marriage. My mom and dad fought for fun. Uh, they drank so they could fight. And so the, so the fights could be better. And I was their bartender. And so uh, with that, my whole world was very, very violent in some just screaming ways. Um, and so we have to learn how we can work side by side. And, of course, the power of Christ mm-hmm. ultimately has the trump card mm-hmm. and, and the revelation of Christ. And, and so when Lori and I are preparing to go uh, to Austin 18 years ago, we planted 18 years ago this for October the 1st. Um, there's a couple of stories. Of course, we know Joseph and Mary. Just again, the context of, mm-hmm. of ministry and marriage. And that is that uh, Joseph, uh, it was through his lineage that uh, Jesus would fulfill the Messianic scriptures. But we also know that it was by a virgin in the form of Mary. So with that, it took both. It, it had to have both of them working and, and walking together. Priscilla and Aquila is another ministry uh, experience as 
we know they were a husband and wife team that Paul, in fact, in Romans 16, he commended them for risking their necks uh, for the gospel. And, and how many know when you work in ministry together, you're risking yeah. your marriage. Yeah. You're risking your family. Planting a church is a risk. It's a big risk. Our kids, Lori, when we showed up and we started that first Sunday in a library, we had one room for adults and one room for kids. And our kids looked at each other and they looked at us because we had just left a very large church that we were pastoring in Baton Rouge. And um, they said, this is not a church. We don't like this church. We hate this church. And they hated it up until about last year. And so, uh, you know, it's a risk. And they did not like it. They didn't like Austin. They wanted to move back to Baton Rouge. We were both, of course, from LSU. And they grew up in the LSU football world and around just that whole LSU experience. And, uh, Lori, there's a lot of of pressure on, on marriage and ministry. And there's a... I don't know if you want to talk a few, but the stats, if there's any time to go into that. Philippians 1.27 says, Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. And some of us really aren't striving, and we're not thriving, but we're struggling. And um, I saw, like Joe said, I saw a great example in my family. And that's why generation after generation, we've all been in ministry. And um, it's because we saw what was, we saw some things modeled. And so um, I think someone said earlier, church growth is a reflection of your home growth. And we don't want to grow a church at the expense of our, of our marriage, at the expense of our kids. I mean, if our kids don't end up going to heaven, I mean, how terrible would that be that we won the whole rest of the world? We, yep. won, we won our communities. And so we have it so in our heart to make sure that we're equipping um, a generation of church planters that you can have a healthy marriage and you can have kids that absolutely love Jesus and love the church despite the stuff that they see that's not fun, you know, that they see that they would in, in any leadership model, but but they see the yuck in ministry. But our kids love love the ministry, love that we've been in ministry. So the statistics are, and I'll just shoot through some of these, 70% of pastors are so stressed out and burned out that they regularly consider leaving the ministry. And 35 to 40% actually do leave the ministry um, after five years. And so also 77% feel like they don't have a good marriage. Um, 72% only study the Bible to prepare for messages. 38% said that um, they were divorced or currently in the divorce process. 30% said that they've either been in an ongoing affair or a one-time sexual encounter with a church member. That's 30%. Um, only 23% felt happy and content on a regular basis with who they are in Christ, what their church is doing, and in their home. And... Um, since we're talking about kids too, some today, um, 80% of PKs end up in, uh, in need of professional counseling for depression. So the enemy wants to wreak havoc on our homes. And when we first got married, we were planting the church. 
And we didn't have a launch team. We planted the year before ARC started. And so we didn't know. We just parachuted into a city that we'd never been to before, Joe and I and three kids. And we did everything. And I just remember we had our office in our bedroom, which is not a good idea. If you do anything today, get your office out of your bedroom. Um, Or at least between the hours of, I don't know, 9 and 12 at night. Yeah. So, anyway, or longer, whichever. You, maybe you're a morning person. Okay. And I had, I had like a. a I'm just like, trying to keep you guys awake. You know what I'm saying? Okay. I thank had like you. an advertising deadline for something that we were doing, some flyer or whatever. And Joe's like, "Come to bed," you know, because Joe's like feeling the love, and I'm feeling the work. Maybe I just wanted to watch TV. You know, and and so finally, I I come to bed, and he's like exhausted and mad. And he said, we are not just business partners here. We are not going to lose our marriage over, over this church. And the thing is, you know, it's, it's, a, um, it's a hazard to the career if you lose your marriage <laughs> over the church. And so we made a decision that day that even if it costs us growth or speed of growth, that this was going to be protected and our kids were going to be protected and that God is responsible for bringing the increase. And, you know, someone said we're responsible for the hustle and we definitely hustled, but we definitely not only hustled in church, but we hustled in intentionality with each other and with our kids. Yeah, You know, marriage is the gospel according to marriage. I think we need to realize that. God gave us, um, and of course in Ephesians 5, he talks about, as he's talking about marriage, husbands and wives. And then he goes, but I'm really not talking about husbands and wives. He goes, I'm really talking about Christ and the church. In other words, he uses marriage. The predominant reason for marriage, yes, we can say it's for uh, expansion of the kingdom and for, you know, birthing babies and and uh, marital bliss and various things. But, but really when Paul goes there in Ephesians 5, he, he's bringing to us a bigger picture of marriage. And that is um, the gospel. The gospel. Your marriage preaches the gospel. Yeah. Or it preaches, it either preaches the right gospel or a false gospel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's either a right gospel. And, and to, to break that apart or to separate, to think you can separate mm-hmm. marriage and the gospel. Like, and I think nobody in this room, if I were to ask you, who wants to, who would like to be responsible to leading someone to hell because you gave them a false gospel? Would anybody, in other words, this is how you're saved. You told, you told them a route that is completely opposite of, of what Christ said or of what the scripture said. Well, I think people lead people down the wrong path every day through their marriage. Through, their, through, through how they live with each other, right. how they relate to each other. And I think that you and I, I want you to feel that weight, you know, because this is not a, uh, as the world is doing with marriage. In fact, good news, I read an article yesterday. Millennials are actually helping reduce the divorce rate. They are less inclined to divorce, but they're also marrying at an older age. But did you see that article yesterday? And so, good news, they're sick of the divorce. Yeah. Um, and, and so, frankly, I think we all need to pick up even a little bit on that good news is that uh, there is a gospel connection to marriage. It's throughout the scriptures. Yeah. It's, not a, it's not a little deal. It's not, in fact, marriage is not for your happiness. And if you go into marriage thinking this is going to make me happy, 
you wake up one day. <laughs> and it's probably 24 hours later. <laughs> after, the, after all the festivities and all the preparation, you went, wow, this is a human being. This is a problem. This is a, a fallen creature from a lagoon. And uh, God, he was so good yesterday and the years that we've been dating. And wow, the boy's back, you know. And... Um, so it's important for us to just get a, just get a little bit of that picture. Mm-hmm. And uh, because when you do, it, it just helps you, uh, it just adjusts. In fact, it, it really takes the, um, the attention off of yourself. Mm-hmm. It really should be, of course, on, as the Bible commands, husbands. As Christ mm-hmm. laid down his life mm-hmm. uh, for the church, so should we, wives. He doesn't command you to love. He just says, I need you to respect him. You already love him. That's, a, I think, a natural tendency. But the reality is, is that um, we, are, we are protecting the gospel by protecting each other. Mm-hmm. How we treat each other during the day is literally how we're treating the gospel. Yeah. And when you hold your marriage right, you're holding the gospel right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And to say that you're a, a Christ-centered gospel uh, uh, or wanting to communicate the gospel... In, in clear terms, I, I just think it brings us to uh, to a higher accountability. With that being said, we're going to set up a couple. We're going to give you a few points, and then we're going to uh, have some time for questions and answers. Um, right, if you're writing notes, or if you'd like to go to this Bible verse, it's in the book of Second Kings, um, chapter six, and it's the story of what we've been doing here for the last couple of days, and that is the sons of the prophets to Elisha. They said. We want, we want to expand. We want to grow. We want to plant. Literally, what, this is a planting scripture. They, they said, we want to um, plant uh, another building or build another building. The place where we are is living or where we're living is too small for us. Please let us go to the Jordan and let us each take a beam. Let us find a place there. And in fact, we're going to build. We're going to settle. We're going to, we're going to plant. And, um, and of course, Elisha, he says, you go. And then they said, no, no, no. We want you to go with us. And he answered, I'll, I'll go with you. So, again, don't do ministry alone. It's a great scripture there. So he went with them, Elisha, with these um, young church planners. And uh, so he went with them. And when they came to the Jordan, they began to chop. They began to uh, work on the building. And as one was chopping at a beam, as one was literally building and expanding, the axe head fell into the water. And he cried out and he said, alas, master, it, was, it wasn't even mine. Mm-hmm. Um, it was borrowed. Literally, that word in Hebrew means it was a gift. Mm-hmm. It was a valued gift. And um, the man of God said, where did it fall? And he said, well, I'll take you to the place. And there he cut a stick, threw it in there, made the iron to float. And then Elisha said, take it up for yourself. And so he put out his hand and he took it. I want to use this as a, a background, uh, just a little foundation as it relates to uh, Losing the potential of losing and how you can lose your, your relationship to your wife, to your husband, to your kids in building a church. Mm-hmm. That's, that's very much what this story is all about. Mm-hmm. That it's a gift. Your family is a gift. Your, your relationship to your wife, to your husband is a, a gift. Is there anyone not married in this room? You, you are, okay. So your future wife, your future husband. Well, mm-hmm. What he realized, he didn't yell it was borrowed or it was a gift until it was gone. Mm. He, he, in other words, he went, yeah. that was a gift. 
In other words, he was not a, he did not appreciate the gift of marriage. He didn't appreciate the gift of family or the, the gift of the relationship that he had with, um, with this vessel in the form of this axe head and this axe. And how, how many know we don't appreciate people? And we don't appreciate really what we should appreciate until it's, until it's what? It's until it's gone. Until it's over. Until it's lost or until it, it sinks. And they knew that their whole life stopped. They, in a word and in a way, this whole, their world stopped. And then guess what? They cry out. They start looking for a mentor. And they said, we need help. We'll talk about that in a moment. But... Let's uh, just a couple of things that uh, we want to talk about. And, uh, and, and one, of course, you just don't take for granted the gift that God has given you um, in your family, in your children, uh, the gift of ministry. Um, but, Lori, there's five points we want to just hit that I think will uh, be the best. Yeah. And, and to add on to that. They thought that building for God, that God would take care of their house. And have you ever heard that before in ministry? Like, I'm going to take care of God's house and God will take care of my house. And um, it sounds really good. (laughs) But God didn't show up in the form of a dad sitting in the bleachers while the little boy's playing. Yeah. 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 Football or basketball. So, so number one is your relationship priorities. And, of course, our relationship with Christ is central. It's not A, B, C, D. It's Christ in the center with everything else around it. But the marriage relationship is commanded by God to be the first relationship. It's to be the priority relationship. And the greatest thing that we can ever do for our children is to have a good marriage. And the greatest security we can ever bring to our children is to have a great marriage. And the greatest security we can ever bring to our church, who, you know, our churches are filled with people who have been disappointed by relationships and dysfunctional families. And so maybe, you know, there are 50, 60-year-old adults that are looking at us going, like, you're the mom and dad of this house, and, like, I can see it can work. And so we are an expression of the gospel to, to our kids, and we're an expression of the gospel to our staff. We have a young staff, and they love to see us side by side, pulling together, um, working things out, walking through conflict, walking through adversity, and still honoring each other and honoring what God's called us to do as a stewardship. And so um, the husband-wife relationship is, is the priority relationship. And we have to keep that in all of our busyness as, as the central thing. Let's talk a little bit about what does that look like then in the form of, um, of the office. When it comes, are we, I know we're husband and wife. Mm-hmm. How many remember the old cartoon um, with the coyote and, uh, and Roadrunner and they would check in? Like they would, they would show up and they would check in. They would uh, punch their punch card and then they would try to kill each other all day long. And then the day would come and then they'd punch out and they'd go, they'd go home together. Mm-hmm. Um, how would that priority look like even in our, in the in the office? Yeah. Give us a little insight. Let okay. them know what does that look like during the day. Well, are what? we making out in the office? No, we're not making out. In the <laughs> no, we're we're professional. <laughs> I wish. He wishes we were making out in the office. Um, 
No, we have we have a professional environment, and um, and we're not a and we're not a mom and pop church. It's it's not like that at all. We would not be able to grow if that that's actually you know just an inhibitor to growth is is if you know we're the the leadership lid. But we have very defined roles, and our church our staff doesn't um, come to Joe, and if they don't get the right answer from Joe, like oh let's come to Lori because she's going to be the one that lets us do that. We're not, we're not two headed. And, um, so that's so important if you're working together with your spouse and that they're not getting like two for the price of one for the price of two. Um, we've had staff members that we have a lot of staff that, that are married and work for us. And, and so sometimes it's like, you know, we've had a husband and wife and they're, they're working in the same department and she has to go run errands for the youth meeting and he runs errands with her. It's like, no, (laughs) this is not, you know, or sometimes we take them to an art trip or a conference trip and they think it's like a second honeymoon, you know, and so we can't get them to go to any of the app sessions or whatever. So we have to have guidelines in place. That's some of the things that we talked through at, at Too Strong. But, um, it's, it's very much, we're modeling to the staff just a spirit of excellence in what we do, but we also are showing them, like we're in a room and, and we co-pastor, but Joe is the lead pastor, and so if there comes a conflict, um, I'm kind of like more of, a, of an executive pastor role, and so I we don't hash it out and have an awkward husband-wife throwdown you know, in front of the staff because we're showing, we're modeling honor. And so I just think if I was any executive pastor, I would, I would express, he empowers me. Um, he asks me like, am I thinking the right way about this? This is like at a table with people. He, he'd, he'd say, well, this is what I'm thinking. And then what do y'all have to say about it? We have an atmosphere of transparency on our team, so that can totally be done. But if he says, the Lord says this, I really feel like this. I've heard everything, but I still feel like this is what God's telling us to do. Then we're like, we're all in then. And so, again, we're modeling that because it's the same thing that I could do if we took that same situation to our house in front of our kids. Joe and I might have disagreements in the back room. But in front of our kids, if we're having a discussion, we're also modeling as a leader. There's not, there's not a void of leadership. Everything you do is modeling leadership or modeling, modeling lack of leadership. Yeah. And then even in that authentic or transparent communication style, which we, I think we should all have in our world, doesn't mean you can say fool. In fact, the Bible says the fool speaks his heart, speaks his mind. I just got to keep it real. You know, I just got to say what's on. Well, now you're in the foolish realm. Now yes. you're stupid mm-hmm. and uh, you're, you're off balance. But we, we even with our couples in our church, um, we, we talk to them about what we do like about husband and wives working together. Mm-hmm. Um, now, we don't let husbands and wives work under or for one another yeah. because sometimes the production uh, gets a little... Uh, Interesting. It, in fact, it doesn't happen sometimes or when someone needs to be corrected. It's hard for a husband or for a wife to review her husband as we do reviews. Yeah. Um, and we learn that by doing it wrong. Yes. <laughs> and uh, we've also learned that where, where a husband and wife couple will come and join our team and then one gets sick and uh, they're, they're both on staff 
and you realized one was doing the work for the other one. Mm -hmm. uh, all of a sudden, one was covering, mm -hmm. really taking care of both jobs. Mm -hmm. So we've learned the hard way. Um, and as it relates even to uh, that, I just think it's important for them to hear mm -hmm. a little bit how that works. Because a lot of people think um, that, well, and another rule would be, if you're a husband and wife, no one can walk in or no one should ever walk into your, if you guys are together, there's no, we don't, we don't have uncomfortable uh, moments. Like, oh, like if a staff member walks into a, and a husband and wife are talking, they're both on staff. They should not worry about walking in on a husband and wife situation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Not in the office. That's not, no, 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 we don't do that. Or, the, you know, the, whatever that may be, uh, good or bad. That just doesn't happen because you guys are both, we're working here. This is, we're laboring. This is time to get a job done. Um, the second area is time. And, of course, uh, it's hard planning a church. It takes a lot of time planning a church. It takes a lot of time pastoring a church. The good news, after 18 years, our time is a little bit different than it was 18 years ago. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so with a, a growing church and growing staff, but what you find in this axe head, they didn't take the time for that relationship. They didn't take the time for that valued gift to be secure. Mm -hmm. And what happens in, of course, in ministry we are spending a lot of time, and rightfully so, in pouring into people, but we stop pouring into our, into our kids. We, we're pouring into our uh, mentors, our new potential mentors in the church, mentoring other people, and then, but we're not mentoring our own families. Mm -hmm. And it's going to look like in life, and it was said by Randy today, it's hard. It balances really it's, it's impossible because <laughs> there's going to look like days where we're all it's going to look like we we are all church and no family and then there may be looking like times where we're all family and no church mm -hmm. in the sense of, of of that balance if you will it's a car is always going straight i mean i know we curve a car and we turn a car but that car is not curved now the mm -hmm. tires we move but it's it's yeah. always going straight it's just that's yeah. the way life is you're you're constantly moving and, and turning and adjusting, but, but you've got to learn how to navigate. You know when the Bible tells us that God can, when he called them to build the tabernacle in the Old Testament, he said double up at the corner boards. Double the corners. In other words, when you come to a corner, you've got to learn how to navigate. You've got you to be very careful, like at an intersection. How many know when you come up to an intersection, you better be checking, even though you have the green light, Especially around here. I don't Man, all these cars are flying. And I'm, I just, I'm checking all the other lanes as I'm coming through a green light. I'm still being very careful. And, and ministry is constantly turning. And you have seasons and changes. And, and what was not being done is that the time was not being invested in that relationship. And what Lori and I have done to make sure in our world of time is that, you know, we, we have made dating a priority. Mm -hmm. um, we have made dating each other. Now, we have not always had a date night per se. Some people are really good at that. That Thursday is their date night. That is, and they're good at that. And I, hey, you find the rhythm that works best for you. Uh, that hasn't always worked best for us because sometimes a, a, a night needs to be uh, something else comes up and we're not mad, you know, we don't manifest yeah. if we don't get that, that particular date night or that particular, but, but we're making sure yeah. that we have those constant times yeah. and then vacations. Yeah. We're constantly making sure that happens. Uh, you know, it's called emotional calendaring. Yeah. 
And so there's going to be seasons, like Joe said, where it's like, man, you are all in church. And there, you know, if there's a building campaign or, or there's, a, you know, you're in a building project or something like that. And we've had those seasons where, man, we didn't have any nights off for a long time. But if you can... If you can recognize that ahead of time and then calendar, you know, a few days away together or calendar a a family, a little family getaway or family trip. And and one of the things that we learned early on in our marriage and in our in our church planting, we were at a pastor's conference and the pastor said, "Um, one of the things that I've done really well is vacations. And and he said it could be really cheap vacations. It could be camping trips like down the road. But your kids need vacations. And so um, Joe and I both travel and speak some. And so sometimes that takes us away from our kids a lot. But, but when we get honorariums or whatever, I mean, we've set that aside so that when, the, when summer comes, our kids can travel with us. And they have been all over the world. I mean, they have been to Australia, New Zealand, all over Europe because... We've been traveling there, and then we've racked up points, and we've, we've sacrificed to make them a part of the journey. And so um, that's one of the things that they, they love. And it's not really that they've been to exotic places. It's, it's the leaders that they've met along the way. And we have not been afraid to, um, you know, have our kids so inundated with church or, or whatever they love and they have been sponges to the people that we've had in our lives and um, not just people of prominence, but just, just normal people that have just invested in their lives. So that's really, really important is that we're not rigid at all. That's, uh, you can probably tell. Um, <laughs> so we might not have a date night for, for a couple of weeks, but we might do a trip and add on a couple of days to that so that we can really unplug. Because when your church gets to a certain size, date night is always running into people from church. Can you, <laughs> can you address a little bit about how we transition a day to a, to a date night? Let's just say we've had a hard ministry yeah. day. Yeah. Uh, what is that? How do we do that? How do we have a... Hopefully a romantic. How many guys know there's a goal to going out? And so how do you make that? How do we make that transition from a tough day? You know, sometimes you have to literally like make a hard switch off. Like at the end of the day, you're walking out to your car or you're, you're getting out of your car at the house and you've been with each other for nine, ten hours at the office and you kiss each other. Hello. Like it's the first time you're seeing them. And so sometimes it's just really doing something like that. There's been times that we've gone on a date night and that day we had a staff member resign or have to be fired. And it's really hard to think about like how wonderful he is or how wonderful she is when this is an ominous thing that you're dealing with from the day. And there's a lot of people that are like really rigid. Like we can't talk about work at, you know, at date night. Well, if it's ruining your date night, you probably should. (laughs) And so sometimes what we've had to do is like, let's go to get coffee before date night and let's talk through the situation. Let's get it to a place where we can move on and have a good time. And then let's shift to date night. But 
you know, for us, it wouldn't work to just like have this elephant in the room and not be able to express and not be able to bear your heart because you want to be able to bear your heart, but also, you know, move on. Number three. And number three is authenticity. Um, this is so important. Uh, it's, it's one of the, the real driving factors of if our kids are going to really serve God is do they see the same person on the stage as they see off the stage? And it's, it's huge because there's a lot of kids that will rebel when there's, when there's hypocrisy. And Proverbs 22, 6 says, train up a child in the way they should go. And he, when he is old, he will not depart from it. 